0: This week on The Reverse Stick, and we thought there was an off-season. We're still talking fives, talking coaches, umpires, admins, players, all in it in this week's show. Greetings and welcome once again to The Reverse Stick, the weekly global hockey podcast podcast. We get all around the globe tonight, do not we, more today? Matt Allen, my co-host?
1: Yes, we do. I'm going to turn my microphone on, John. Uh, did you just say in it? You're like, in the, you supposed to leave the in it until the end of the, end of the sentence? What? Well, I don't know. You said something about whatever, the ramble you We're said in at it. the start there. In it. Blah, 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 blah. You say the thing and then you go, in it? Hashtag Glow po. Come on, get down with the kids. My name, Matt Allen. Your name, John Lee. We're here for episode 121. Is of that up with sticks. the new funky generation? I think so. Yeah, we need to update. We need a bit more. No. 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 Okay. Don't
0: need any of that at all. We how do need go, how, to talk about hockey,
1: though. We do. How's your hockey week?
0: Um, fairly quiet. Yeah. Bit of fives the other night. <laughs> I did
1: played fives. Yeah, I did. I played five. Loved it as well.
0: I didn't have such a good time this week. No.
1: No. Why not?
0: I just didn't have a good time playing. Because
1: you weren't playing against me, that's why.
0: No, it's just um. I see it as a bit of a a hit and giggle, and other people take it far more seriously than I do at times. That's all. Right. And
1: yeah. Go on, names and names then.
0: No, I'm not going to because that would be unfair, and that's it's their right to not take it seriously. Do Do take it seriously. No, I'm not going to. I'll spray them later on when we get to our umpiring talk.
1: I like like to take it seriously.
0: Hey, I know you do.
1: I'm a serious hockey player. In fact, next time we play, we'll get somebody to film our uh, one-on-one action. Um, we'll put a little uh, clip collection together. I think that might be quite entertaining. Uh, yeah, so they tackling you all the time. Mike, here we go. <laughs> the challenge is set. Here we go. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: Remember the the rinse episode, mate. You don't yeah. want too many of them. You're going to be rinsed, mate. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, okay. Well, we should probably get on with the show. What, mate, are, we going,
1: what are we going to talk about today? Hockey. <laughs>
0: news Uh, let's get to some playing news guess what not much to talk about because there's not much going on there is however an interesting tournament happening at the moment Uh man in south america happening in panama it's a 2019 men's central america development tournament
1: and the women's is on as well but yeah At,
0: at the same it's on well at the moment it's going three days 21 to the 23rd of november and it's a fives tournament
1: Hey, just saying how much you'd love fives.
0: Well, it's interesting. It's, uh you know, Guatemala is on top of the table at the moment. They've won their two games. One to go, I suppose. There's only four teams involved. The men's side of things, Guatemala, Puerto Rico, Panama and Costa Rica. And I believe the same on the women's, is it, or just
1: three? Yeah, just three teams in the women's, Guatemala, Costa Rica and Panama.
0: Okay, so uh, it's a very small tournament,
1: but it is... A Hockey Fives tournament. It's Hockey Fives. Well, uh, yeah, results so far. Two wins for Guatemala. One win, uh, one loss for Costa Rica and two defeats for Panama. So, Guatemala sitting at the top there. Uh, and, of course, uh, TRS World Eleven player Montserrat Barquero is there uh, on behalf of the Costa Rican women's team and the men's yeah. team, former guest David Navarro. Yeah, he's there uh, with Costa Rica. He's there with Costa Rica. Some terrible, terrible haircuts. Um, from those Costa Rican boys surfacing online at the moment. Just, we'll repost it. You can't really miss them. I don't know what they're... I think they're just bored in the uh, in the dorm and one of them's gone, you got a pair of Clippers.
0: Now, didn't we do a story about... A, was it was an Indian or Pakistani coach who... Um, I think it was a Pakistani coach who shaved all the kids' heads or made... They had a, a loss, a bad It was in loss. that part of the yeah. world, yeah,
1: they did, yeah. And he, he <laughs> made an academy, it was, academy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. An
0: academy and team. he got in trouble for that. I think he might have lost his job. I wonder what was the source of the influence for these
1: boys. A bit of team bonding, I think, probably. That's yeah. there. They'd be better off shaving the whole lot off, really. I think they, they would it's be. It's a pretty done. shocking job. They would be now. <laughs>
0: it's got, it's got the feeling of home done, doesn't it? It's, it's, uh, what would you call it? Uh, bespoke haircuts. Uh,
1: yep, you could call it bespoke, John. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's uh, that's taking place there. But it was interesting because I, I just had a quick look and thought, oh, I'll just see if Mons is playing in this tournament. Yeah. So I had a look and then tracked back through uh, her stats and in, in international caps. And the past three or four tournaments uh, have been Hockey Fives games, but the two or three tournaments prior to that were indoor hockey. Uh, so I looked at some of those tournaments, the teams from that part of the world that were taking part in the Central American Indoor Championships, and it's the same on the men's side as well. And a lot of these teams are the teams that we've seen playing Hockey Fives in the region in the past two to three seasons. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be uh, just a transfer um, of these teams from playing indoor hockey to playing outdoor hockey um, in in the Fives format. So... It does. Is, is that the death of indoor hockey within within the region as Hockey Fives ended indoor hockey as a oh. thing in that part of the world?
0: Are we are we going to continue this conversation? Oh, no, no, no. i just. Show, do just, you want to throw it up now?
1: No, no. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it later on. But that's that's just that's just an an interesting observation on uh the direction that could be being taken in that part of the world. Well, it's interesting
0: considering, as we'll get to a bit later, the path that the FIH has taken with indoor hockey over the last few years, vis-a-vis player numbers, et etc. et Have we got any more news, though? Let's get through what might be termed news. Uh,
1: just, I uh, did mention last week, we've got coming up on the 1st of December, the 2019 Africa Cup for Club Champions, a week-long event taking place in Ismailia in Egypt. Participating clubs for the women, Al Sharkia, Al Shams, both from Egypt, Ghana Revenue Authority and the Ghana Police Service. Excellent. Talcom from Kenya, Qadar Stars from Nigeria, Yobi Desert Queens from Nigeria, and Al Fashia from Sudan. And Excellent. On the men's competition. Eight teams there. Al Sharkia from Egypt and Smuha also from Egypt. Ghana Revenue Authority. Exchequers of Bank of Ghana. I think it's just Exchequers Bank of Ghana. Uh, the Niger Flickers. Shout out to Clint. Carter Stars from Nigeria also. And uh, two Sudanese teams there. Al-Fashir and Al-Giraf. Um, interesting to see some Sudanese teams involved Good there. The which, is, which, is, which is great to see. Um, relatively quiet on the international and the club hockey scene. It does always astound me though there's never any South African participation in this competition.
0: Well, we know there's reasons for that. Tyron's laid that out. Yeah,
1: we'll we'll give you uh, updates um, next week, the week after, as that tournament is underway.
0: Do you reckon they're good reasons?
1: Uh, No, I don't. I think they should. I think it's if it's an Africa Cup for club champions, then someone should be there. You reckon?
0: Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. Um, Things coming up as well. Uh, We've got a Three Nations Invitational Under Twenty One tournament for women going on in Canberra next week or the week after, third to the eighth. Pro League gets underway for the women on the 11th of January and for the men on the 17th of January. And at the same time on the 17th of January, you know what kicks off? The European indoor season. Uh, the indoor championship for men kicks off in Berlin. Uh, championship two for men is in Lucerne in Switzerland. Uh, championship three for men is in uh, Santander in Spain. Uh, and the women's gets underway on the twenty fourth of 24th of January in Minsk. For the uh, championship, championship two's uh, in Sveti Ivan Zelina in Croatia, and championship three is in Bra- Bratislava in uh, Slovakia. All starting on the twenty fourth to twenty sixth. So that's all coming up. Indoor, we'll all be talking about indoor in the new year. I wonder how for how much longer. Unfortunately. <laughs> You are listening to The Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Uh, Where do we start first today, Matt?
1: Where do you want to go, Jim?
0: Well, Pro League, let's start with uh, this announcement from the FIH. The FIH has confirmed the venues and match timings of the FIH Hockey Pro League 2020. This was released on November 18, this particular release. And I'll read that headline again. FIH confirms venues and match timings of FIH Hockey Pro League 2020. Uh, from Lausanne, the International Hockey Federation has confirmed the venues and match timings and match timings of the second edition of the FIH Hockey Pro League, which will be played between the 11th of Jan and 28th of June 2020. So just the times or was the dates as well? It says venues and match timings. Okay. 144 matches of the 2020 season of FIH's Global Home and Away League, involving the best national teams in the world, will be played in the following stadiums. So this is where the games will happen. If they're in Argentina, they'll be at Senard in Buenos Aires or the Estadio Hockey Club uh, in Australia, Perth Hockey Stadium or
1: Sydney Olympic Park. They're both two venues for both those countries. Yeah.
0: In Belgium, it'll be at the uh, Sports Centrum in Antwerp, uh, China, Wujin Hockey Stadium in Shang Germany uh, Hockey Park in Munchen Gladbach, also at UHC Hamburg and at Ernst Reuter Sportfeld in Berlin. Great Britain will be using the Stoop and Lee Valley Hockey and Tennis Centre, India, the Kalinga Hockey Stadium, the Netherlands at SV Kampong, H.C. Rotterdam and at H.C. Hertgenbosch, and the Wagner Hockey Stadium, Amsterdam. Or is that where Hertgenbosch play? I'm not sure. So they've got four venues going there, mind you, the men's and women's. So anyway. No,
1: no, but they they're taking it around the country. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, New Zealand will be at North Harbour Hockey Stadium and Nagu Puna Wai Hockey Stadium. Spain at Estadio Batorio in Valencia. And finally, the US. They'll be holding their matches at the Karen Shelton Stadium, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Now, just before we talk about that, the first match will oppose the 2019 winners of the Women's League, the Netherlands and China, on 11th of January 2020 at... Uh fourteen hundred, that's two PM local time at Shangzhou in China.
1: Well there you go. There you go. Two PM local time and that's got the times. There's a date and a time there.
0: For one game. Oh, okay, for one game.
1: Jeez, what do you want, mate?
0: Uh, when I'd like when a headline says confirms venues and match timings, it actually confirms the venues and match times. Maybe they
1: just maybe they're just Well oh,
0: they mean they're all, all games are going to be sixty minutes.
1: And at two o'clock local time.
0: Yeah. Which it's funny they'd start with a game that's obviously Going to be starting in the middle of the day, despite many people believing hockey's best viewed under lights, Matt, from a television perspective.
1: Well, there we go. We're, we're confirmed anyway. Spain, Valencia, not Barcelona or Terrassa, as we uh, we, we thought last yeah. week. Um, yeah, and interesting that Australia, Germany, the Netherlands um, and Argentina are looking to take the games to different venues. Uh, Belgium, China, India, um, Spain and the U.S. all in the same spot. Uh, surprise, surprise, all being played in BBI, in Babaniswa, the uh, the Indian Games. No surprise. No surprise at all there. Uh, Which
0: is a real pity, given they had an opportunity to take it beyond Babaniswa.
1: Yeah, but yeah, it's state of Odisha. They're the main sponsors of the, the national teams. It's I suppose you
0: sign those sorts of deals, you've got to live with that, don't you?
1: That's it. Um,
0: Mind you, it is set up for those games to be played too. I mean, you know, you shouldn't be too harsh. I mean, we're back at, um, Australia's back at Perth and Sydney. Now, if I was either Melbourne or Queensland, Gold Coast or, or Brisbane, I'd be pretty upset about that.
1: but right, And, but likewise
0: considering the performance of Sydney as a venue last year.
1: Likewise, fans in GB, they've got two, two options that see the games at the Stoop, so the yeah. big stadium hockey at the Harlequins Rugby Ground or at the Lee Valley Hockey and Tennis Centre, both in London again. Nothing being taken to Wales, nothing being taken to Scotland, nothing being taken even to the middle of the country. Um, surely there's sixteen, fifteen thousand 15,000-seater rugby stadiums up north um, in the UK, in England, that... You could do just the same job that you've done at the Stoop. Once again, it's a big old drive for a lot of people to get into congestion and go there into the capital. Um, I think it's probably a bit of a a failing. Playing it safe?
0: Mind you, we just did talk about uh, Sydney Olympic Park. Yes, playing it safe probably as far as ticket sales go. I mean, let's face it, a lot of these things now are going to be based around financial reasons for having them there. They're going to have nothing to do with actually spreading the game.
1: Well, financial reasons, but also... Uh, playing, playing field uh, reasons as yeah. well, about the, the the quality of the FIH certification
0: and the standards of the um, not just the pitch, but of the f- surrounding convenience, you know,
1: oh, par- change rooms, parking. And parking. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, you know, like for us here in Australia, when we diss Sydney as a um, as a venue, it's because there's no one goes there. Mm. Um, and you know, you might oh, well, you you got it there in Perth. If if Perth had a missed out because they decided to go to Gold. To us, to the Gold Coast or Queensland instead, uh-huh. I would have been fine with that. But I'm not fine with the idea that anybody misses out, so Sydney gets a game, mm. and be that Perth or Melbourne. And as far as we bag the Melbourne crowd for the Hockey One turnout, they do tend to turn out for some international matches. Yeah,
1: well, Tasmania certainly. They did for the
0: pro league. That's uh, sure.
1: Brisbane certainly does as yeah.
0: well. Um, Brisbane definitely does. They would easily draw the crowds.
1: Big, bold, packed, loud.
0: Exactly. Um, so that's a bit disappointing from our point of view. Um, but that leads us to the US mate because they were the last uh, city or the country listed there as far as the stadiums go Karen Shelton Stadium at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill and you go what happened to the nuke
1: spooky nuke spooky nuke
0: well it seems like there's a few issues going on there with uh, hockey in the US at the moment highlighted
1: there's an article in LancasterOnline.com which is uh, one of the local papers for uh, the spooky nuke area um, now, this article, when's this dated here, John? Uh, November the 20th from Diana Pugliese. Um, it reads, The US women's field hockey team which has played at Spooky Nook Sports for the last five years as a new home for 2020 North Carolina. While still based at Spooky Nook, the team will play its eight Pro League home games at the University of North Carolina's Karen Shouten Stadium. Uh, the move coincides with criticism over the conditions of Spooky Nook's facilities and, if permanent, would likely have an economic impact on Lancaster County. We're in continued contract negotiations right now. The conversation is totally open, said Mackenzie Bender, marketing manager at Spooky Nook. The person that's managing the contract on USA Field Hockey's End was not the person who initially signed it, so we're just checking with them, wanting to make sure it's still beneficial to both parties. Truly, we want to make sure it's the best fit for both parties, and we're hoping to have that figured out before Christmas at the very latest. Um, It goes on to uh, to say, let's come to... uh, While work work continues on a new contract, the Nook also has another project ahead of it, updating its playing surfaces. The condition of the outdoor turf field used by Team USA has come under question, including a mention in a petition started by members of both the U.S. men's and women's squads looking to improve conditions across the program. And we will come to that in a short while. It was supposed to last 10 years. We know it hasn't, Bender said of the turf. It's at about the five-year mark, and just because of the quantity of play that has occurred on it, it probably needs replaced. Um, it's a little bit hopeful that you're going to get 10 years out of a oh, turf being used for inter- international... Yeah, um, that,
0: that's a salesman telling you that, not an engineer, well, isn't
1: it? Yeah, but I, I haven't heard that from, the, from the, the turf salesman at Polytan when we've spoken to them about it with our new turf. Um, if you, know, you could maybe get away with seven years... Um you're not going to get much more out of it to retain that quality.
0: Well, as, as the correspondent said, it is the national home of the national program. It's going to get a fair workout.
1: Yeah. So um, Bender went on to say, basically a ball dropped from one metre missed the mark by three centimetres. Uh, it's very small regulations. The international certification that came out about 18 months ago has set a new standard. When we built in 2013, everything was fine. As the standards of the Federation and the international certifications continue to grow and evolve, it's just making sure that we're still making the updates to meet that standard. Um, So I had a little look on the FIH page, John, just to see uh, where Spooky Nook was on the the grading of fields and and when their certification lasted too. So the indoor field, that's the one under the dome there, Yeah. That's a national grade turf um, and certification ran until October the 7th, 2019. And the outdoor field, that's a national grade turf and that ran out on July the 10th, 2019. Uh, And interesting to note that it's of national standard. Uh, I had a little look at the the FIH grading on um, field standards. Where have I put that, John? Anyway, that's third tier uh, national standard. There's global elite, global um, and that third tier says for regional competitions, low-level international hockey uh, and club competitions. So interesting that they've been playing pro league games on something that doesn't meet international standard by the FIH's own standards.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, who's to say that it's necessarily a bad thing that it goes to North Carolina? I mean, I'm
1: uh, quite right. I'm sure they
0: I mean, maybe they'll Lord get, get better crowds are delighted. May Maybe there might be something that just by the, the happenstance of luck, as this would be, that uh, you know, something good might come out of it. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, but the more important aspect of because this is the story that got us sort of started following the trail, but the petition by the players that's probably the biggest story, I think. Is that what you're looking for now? I've got it here, mate. Oh, brilliant. So, uh, so here we go. So that one out. just
1: before we um, we read this out, we did get in touch with somebody at USA Field Hockey. We haven't got anything back in the last 24 hours, but there may be a rebuttal to what we're about to go through now. We do want to provide some balance to it. Yeah. Um, but this, so this, uh, this is on change.org, and it was promoted through some social media channels. It reads... The USA men's and women's national teams would like your support for the USA Field Hockey Board of Directors to structurally review the operational procedure and the leadership decisions that attribute attribute to the mission of Succeed Internationally. In order for both the men's and women's teams to succeed, there are standards that need to be met in high-performance areas. Both teams feel these standards are not being met, resulting in continued challenges for each programme. The main areas of focus are listed below. And this is a pretty weighty list, uh, so we start off with, I'm not going to go dot like you did last week, and there's another dot, and dot, I'm just going to go through them. Talent pool player and retention. Dot. The need of quality quantity of player reaching the national team through junior programs. Dot. The need of athletes competing for two to three cycles through implementing long-term retention strategies. Dot. The need of adequate standards slash quality of life. Dot. Preparation and events. Dot. The support for quality matches for both men and women prior to major events. Pan Am Games qualifiers, World League Series. Is that a dot or a uh, dot? The exposure of the game and teams in US. Dot. The need of marketing, ticket sales and appropriate rotating playing venue locations for home international games. Dot. I got that. Facility standards. Dot. The need of training pitches met with FIH standards. The spooky nook pitch has been condemned by the FIH as unusable and is unsafe. Dot. I'm not sure if it's been condemned, does it? You just can't play the international, <laughs> international games on there. Sorry, go on. Dot. The need for adequate nutrition. Dot. Food. Hang on. Bracket. Food services provided to the women's national team includes the service of rotten food, undercooked food and low quality food. Oh, grain dot. <laughs> the need for meeting rooms, locker room. Men's team lacks any central meeting place. Dot. Staffing and voice. Dot. The dire need of a high-performance director and or committee to provide oversight of athlete welfare, training environments, and to provide independent direct contact to board. Dot. The need of communication between between sectors. National team coaches, directors did not attend management meeting in Colorado. Dot. The need of full time coaches, technical, tactical, physio- physiological, psychological, video analysis, medical staff, and administrative staff, more specifically for the men's program. Got. Medical. The need of medical insurance and adequate medical care. Got. Men's team currently has capabilities of insuring six full time players. Women's national team athletes have previously been subjected to prolonged inadequate health care. Sponsorship, the need for appropriate products and uniforms. Ill-advised sponsorships have led to inadequate apparel and poor uniform quality for both men and women. Budget, the need of financial support to achieve high-performance plans for both men and women. Through signing this petition, you will support the teams in asking the USAFH Board of Directors for an immediate full review of USAFH's decisions and actions that directly relate to high-performance wow they've got uh 4000 plus supporters um for that petition there um incredible to get a statement like this coming out of a playing group of uh, uh of international teams that combine men and women combine men and women yeah well equally amazing mate yeah. um but to come out and and aim this directly at the board of directors um, it seems that this has got to be the very thin end of the wedge, hasn't it? You don't just come out and say this on a whim.
0: Yeah. How many How many nations are there, say, in the hockey family?
1: 174.
0: 170. Let's call it 174. Maybe it's a bit more. I reckon there'd be 100, 160, 156 nations in the world where the playing group could write exactly. That yep, yep. and in fact, of those other fourteen or fifteen nations that I that, that probably don't need to, they'd still want more of what they already have.
1: I am. Um, I actually received something similar from uh, our men's coach.
0: Your men's coach <laughs> did you? you probably did? <laughs> no, but look, everything they say there is what you'd want, isn't it? And it's obvious that the, those sorts of things aren't available to those particular playing squads in in that. And then they're not alone there. They're, no, I they're there's, far there's, there's from alone different,
1: there. There's different issues for the men's group and, oh, and, there are, and, and but, for the women's group. But um, they're
0: reflected in both groups, if yeah. you know what I mean. Like the women might have better than men or men better than in some areas, but there still could be improvements across both areas.
1: Yeah, things, things like insurance, player insurance, that's Well, good, the other thing con- is what, you, what
0: do you determine as a full-time player? Or well, what funds a full-time player in the U.S.? See, in Australia, the way the funding model works is we would call them full-time players, but they're not being paid as a full-time professional. You know, they're getting a grant, essentially, to give up their time to go and play for the country.
1: I'd be interested to know what the remuneration is, the difference well, that's between, exactly the, right. between the men's and the women's teams in, in the States.
0: Well, obviously, not many of them getting remunerated at all, as is the case in many places. Players don't make yeah. very much money out of the game uh, for the sacrifices that are asked of them. Yeah, Um, yeah, I was well, you this is one
1: this is, to this is it's one to watch, isn't it? And, and hopefully, we'll get somebody from uh, USA field hockey get back in touch and provide a, uh, their viewpoint on perhaps some of these issues, or that we might get the classic uh, FIH response. No comment.
0: Okay, well, we'll talk. Well, maybe we should talk about that next. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, and uh, Matt. Last week, was it? Yeah, sometime last week. I saw a, um, a tweet that caught my eye, and it was from Graham Woolcock, who goes by the handle of Hockey Gra, G-R-A, Hockey G-R-A, at Hockey... Gray. Hockey Gray. Gray. Graham, Graham, yep, got that. Uh, Graham on his Twitter thing says that he's a Level 2 Hockey umpire and coach, appointment secretary of the DHUA, a proud dad and grumpy.
1: Well, that's an uh, umpires, umpire's association, yeah. DHU... Is he in England? Devon. Uh, Devon Hockey Umpires yeah. Association. Uh,
0: he's a we- he was the West Hockey Umpire of the Year 2013, 14, and the Devon Pool Umpire 2017, 18. He posed this question, and then gave a bit of a statement: uh, "Where are all the hockey umpires within Devon? Why are clubs not doing anything to develop umpires? When will we be? When will be the first game to be cancelled as no umpires available? Three questions, and then three questions, no answers." Now, in amongst the stream of answers there, there was, there was a few of people say, I know what you mean because I'm trying to get umpires and, you know, people say, oh, we managed to get our umpires every week. Uh, I posted. Somebody else said
1: they, they keep turning left and ended up on Bodmin Moor and never returning.
0: <laughs> uh, I replied with, I always thought that umpires and umpiring should be the domain of associations, not clubs or unregulated subcontractors. Associations washed their hands of that years ago and now here we all are. And in response to my tweet, uh, a fellow, I'm assuming it's a fellow, the, the Twitter, don't know his name, but the Twitter is ADMV0R10N, which I think is some sort of shorthand for Adam Voughten, Voughten, well something
1: done. like that. Well done, Colombia. Uh,
0: anyway, Adam replied with um, uh, his, his Twitter thing. He says, IT, malware remover, cello tape, string, the usual. No, I do not have blue hair. Uh, if you don't source umpires from clubs, that's then savvy. you got a major avenue from in the game as a source. It's been an ongoing error in the game for far too long. Moving further away into distant institutions is a mistake. Uh, just got me, and look, that's that comment's got merit to it as much as mine does or anybody's comment has merit to it. Um, but it got me thinking about what it, who is responsible for umpires?
1: Well, obviously not the F.I.H.
0: Well, that's what I was getting at because last week well,
1: this was the point. The point we made um, post the, um, the the video umpire incident between Ireland and Canada was that who is the voice on umpires from from the F.I.H. There is a level there, and, and Keely said that uh, if you get appointed to something, you get the the letter or the email from the secretary, and those appointments have been made by that group. Uh, so there's no one individual that you would consider as the the voice of umpiring. Keeley's, not, a, Keeley's the voice of umpiring. Well anyways, I'm not even it's just, necessarily
0: but... talking about the voice of umpiring. Who takes... What takes responsibility for umpires as opposed to who? Like the FIH being a what and the person employed by the FIH being a uh, who. Yeah, yeah. So what organisation, what institution, what... What mechanism is responsible for umpires?
1: Well it, well, it has to come out of the FIH Rules Committee, doesn't it? And the and the Appointments Committee.
0: Well, let's go back to what Thierry said uh, when he uh, released a statement on November the 11th. Remember that interview conducted by an interviewer that nobody knows who it was? Um, and in the dot point three of that particular statement, um, the F, Thierry expressed uh, the FIH expressed its full satisfaction of the format uh, recently completed in vis-a-vis the uh, FIH Olympic qualifiers. Uh, the, the Olympic qualifiers and outline FIH Olympic qualifiers, uh, the, the EB, uh, the great moments of hockey, the attendance, the audience, blah, blah. One sentence. It also reiterated its full support to the umpires and officials as publicly mentioned, mentioned <laughs> by FIH CEO Terry Whale earlier. Well, this is what Terry said. You he mean, was this, asked, this is what this is what you said now this is what cheris sorry this is what i said when interviewed by some anonymous person in uh, a, a piece that came out on the 5th that was entitled a magnificent show F I H C E O CEO Thierry vile a magnificent show okay one of the questions there was also an umpire. decision is it
1: vile is it veil is it wheel is it wile it's, it's terry it's terry
0: um there was also an umpiring decision during the second leg of the Canada Island men's qualifiers which gen- generated much debate. What are your comments on that? Well, while anyone is of course entitled to disagree with an umpiring decision, numerous reactions to this match have gone far off the values of hockey. In order to avoid any disturbances for teams and umpires in their preparations ahead of the second weekend of qualifiers, the FAH has not made any proactive statements on the matter, but responded to requests received. Don't know what that means.
1: That no, means if you got in touch. I know, that, I know somebody who got in touch and they got a response.
0: Let's now outline a couple of points. Hockey, anyway, look, the, the point being is uh, should umpires be supported is the second question that's asked directly about umpiring. Umpires are volunteers who spend a huge part of their free time for the sport they love and to enable athletes to play the sport they love. They follow courses organised by all national associations, continental federations and FIH. They train hard to keep improving. They often have tough decisions to take. Therefore, while emotions are understandable due to what is at stake in sport, sometimes, umpires need the support and respect of everyone in line with the values which depict our sport. This is fundamental not only do they deserve that, but that is also a prerequisite to give them a level of self-confidence needed to fulfil their mission. Is that strong enough from the FIH?
1: Well, no, it's not strong, but I don't know what else you can say apart from cutting all of that out and just say, be nice to umpires.
0: No, well, see, the issue is now getting to the point with umpiring, I think, where it's actually hindering development. Especially junior development.
1: Oh, Christ, who wants to go and bloody umpire anyway? Who wants to go and umpire and get the dogs, well, dogs, do. dogs abuse that, that you get? As a career path.
0: Well, no, see, I'm, I'm, I'm not even talking about that. I think that they no, probably you, you are start... very, they're very proactive if you say you want to be on the course to being an FIH umpire and, and rah, rah, oh, yeah, we can do that. But what do we do about the standard and the levels of umpiring at hockey that aren't international or national level?
1: Yeah, well, that's like I said last week. That's got to be.
0: That's the real argument because the best thing you can do to provide kids to help them improve is to provide top quality umpiring.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, but it's it's also about those kids learning as young young umpires within their club environment. Uh, that can be through mentoring. That can be through courses that the the club. No, no, no no, on.
0: no, no, no. Forget about young umpires. We're not talking about young umpires. We're but talking that's about you young d- players. That's where you develop. You don't develop, get young. You don't get them from young umpires. You develop players from having good. Older umpires who understand the game.
1: No, no, you I'm can't not, train umpires no, no, I, on other kids. No, but umpires, you, you do have to get kids learning umpiring Yeah, but early. you don't train them and, them that's, and that's And that needs to be about being part of a club and being part, part of the game is when you play, you have a responsibility to take on umpiring as well.
0: I think we're abrogating our responsibility to our junior players when we let kids umpire them.
1: Now, well, I I think the, the issue is wider than the fact that we've got so many people that don't haven't grown up being made to umpire and be involved within the umpiring process and particularly now when you find you, you get a team umpiring duty here in Perth and people would rather just go I'll pay you 50 bucks I'll pay the 50 bucks and by paying that 50 bucks they never sit in that position of the umpire um and actually sort of get a bit of the abuse that they give out sometimes I'm only talking about certain individuals and maybe me but um it's, it's important to see it from both sides, and the only way you're going to do that is, is by actually taking on that umpiring responsibility. Now, there's a difference between club umpiring and standards there, just like there is in the standard of hockey as to what it you're is, talking about with the, at the, at the umpires, higher end.
0: Is providing umpires a responsibility of clubs, though? Should it be the responsibility of clubs? I see it as a responsibility of associations,
1: at, not at, of clubs. At what level, though? At what level? You t- you say across the board, through everything down to grade 12?
0: yeah why 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 are clubs well, the, being asked to do the, it?
1: well the reality is they they don 't have the pool of umpires. the associations don 't have the pool they don 't have the numbers
0: well then whose problem's that it 's not the club 's problem
1: well it will, it becomes the club 's problem it because, beca- but yeah, it 's
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. not
1: though it 's a full circle thing though isn 't it because the clubs have to encourage those people to go and umpire and impress on them that we need a certain percentage of our playing group regularly umpiring a, across whatever level. That, 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 that's what they so have to do you, here. So you,
0: what we're actually saying is that it comes back to rest on players? Um,
1: because no, because, no, no, because players aren't hockey, making
0: themselves available
1: to, to the apply. hockey community. To the okay. hockey community, yeah. Okay. Umpires are part of that community. Oh, too. no, I know,
0: I know. But I just... Uh, I, I, I I get why people go, oh, clubs, clubs have got it, But I don't think that umpiring and organising umpiring duties and organising umpiring standards and all of those sorts of things that are involved with
1: umpiring should be the domain of clubs. Um, I think the resources should the be... The resources
0: are going to have to come from
1: but, clubs. Wait, don't no, get... no, 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 no. All
0: resources, administrators, coaches, rah, rah, all come through the clubs at some point. Don't get no, me wrong, no, 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 I but, understand but, that. But,
1: but, but I think just like um, the answer to getting more school um, hockey being played in schools is to get people from your association within development roles into those schools to put programs in place, to coach the coaches within the schools. The same goes for umpiring where it should be driven by the state association or national association to provide those resources free of charge for clubs to utilize, to skill people up. um, and share, share the, re, the the umpire and resources there. I'm not talking about the, the human resource, although you know that could, it could be within the case of you know, people running workshops and, and, and classes.
0: I mean, uh, I don't, when Adam Wharton makes the, uh, you know, moving further away into distant institutions is a mistake. I get what he's talking about and I agree to him to a certain extent, that no, you don't want a, a, an institution that stands off and is away from the game. Yeah. It's got to be part of the game. Yeah, It's got to be included in it. It's just, I, I just don't see where responsibility is being taken for umpiring. Who's Who's taking the responsibility for it? it? And I don't think umpires know, especially they don't know after the, um you know, staggeringly limp support they've received from the FIH in recent times.
1: Yeah, the, well, the third team do kind of sit out on a limb, don't they? And, uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Hey, look, and, and it's... It's a tough gig. I get that, but these people obviously love it too. I mean, they're doing it for free essentially. Yeah. I mean, is there an argument for paying umpires? Do you get better umpires because you pay them?
1: No. I'm not sure you do. Well, you don't in our system locally. You 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 get the gig if you're available.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, it's about local. Um, anyway, just something that was on my mind. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. And just before we move on from that, I've got one thing to mention here. Uh, Adam Vorten, uh, amongst a usual collection of actually quite a good um, cat video on there, on his Twitter, for, you know, because yeah, cats are everywhere on Twitter, mate, but his is pretty good. Um, had an interesting tweet. I had the option of playing a game of field hockey this weekend. For the first time, I turned down an actual game. If you want to play tedious man-to-man systems, go ahead. I'm not. Yeah, I think I don't mind, Adam. I agree with you, mate. Bloody three-three-three-one. If, if this is what you can do,
1: it's what he, he didn't. He didn't play because he didn't like the, the team system.
0: Yeah, this is what one-three-three-three three, three can do. Right. Okay. I understand. I understand what he's saying with that.
1: That's ten players.
0: One-three-three-three. Three, three. Yeah, the goalies are given.
1: Oh, so it's one, sweeper one-one-three-three-three. Three, three. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Whatevs. Good on you, Adam. I, d- I wouldn't give up a game.
0: I'd love to, get well, to play against a team that played that system, though.
1: Well, it's interesting when when we've <laughs> when we've had guys come over here, uh, a good friend of ours, to go right. Well, this is the way we played it in Ireland. We, we should be playing to this structure, and uh, Australians don't take too well to nah. it. No,
0: no, mate. That's not how you play no, hockey. No,
1: two fullbacks, right half, left half, center half, half, inside left, inside right. Right wing, left wing, centre forward. Anything else, people haven't got a clue what's going on at club level.
0: Yeah, the best thing is, though, it beats all those other systems when blokes come along and try and make teams play <laughs> yeah. that system yeah, because we have well, no idea. You
1: revert back pretty soon. You yeah. do revert back pretty soon. Uh, what have we got then, mate? Um, uh, Instagram post from the, yeah, and Facebook as well, post from the Canadian uh, women's national oh, yes. team, the Wolfpack. Um, we got tagged in on this on Instagram, so it's uh, brought it to my attention. Beautiful piece. Do you want to put some soppy music on? Oh, we haven't sorted that out yet. Uh, in the past three years, we have fought, sacrificed, taken leaps of faith, moved continents and hit hurdle after hurdle, all for the shared passion and dream of competing at an Olympic Games. Every single person in our programme bought in, gave 110% and left everything out on the field. Unfortunately, in sport, there always has to be a winner and a loser. And sometimes you can't do everything right. And still not, sorry, sometimes you can do everything right and still not get the desired result. Uh, On November the 3rd, our overtime shootout loss against Ireland left us with a feeling that cannot be described with words. Weeks later, we still aren't over it and it may take a long time for us to get back to feeling normal again. The reality is this was the closest we have come to achieving our dream in over a decade. And because of that, the loss has hit us the hardest. However, That feeling of loss is not the only thing that will stay with us. Nothing can take away the journey we have been through together, the things we accomplished and how, in the span of two years, we have put Canadian women's field hockey into the minds of the most revered hockey countries as a team that belongs among them. We can be proud of what we have done and the foundation that we have laid for the women who will follow. Lastly, something that will stay with us forever, more so than the hurt, is you, our supporters, fans and followers. We wouldn't have been able to even come close to our dream without the support, emotional, financial, informational, from the people around us, near and far. First-time fans or long-time supporters. Thank you to all of you for lifting our group up and believing in us. Together as a a collective, (laughs) black screen, together as a collective, we are united, proud, relentless and fearless. We are the Canadian Wolfpack. Lovely, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's very nice of the girls. Yeah. Beautiful. Good stuff. Hey, uh, did you know Germany had a new coach? Uh,
1: new man's coach.
0: New man's coach, because
1: okay. uh, previous coach. Mark Visser yeah. was an interim coach. Well, he or... was
0: the interim coach because yeah. the previous coach. Marcus Visser. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he stepped down, got a new coach, and it sort of slipped under the radar a little bit there because he's pointed a couple a little while ago now. Um, Kais Sadi. I hope I've pronounced his name right, K I A. K-A-I- Kay, aux, Kay, Kay. Kayce, Kais, Kiss. That's right. Uh, Al Sadi, uh, is the new German men's head coach heading into Tokyo 2020. Um, didn't know much about him at all. In fact, can't say I'd ever heard of him ever before
1: whatsoever. Isn't a- 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 Frau- A-K-A camel.
0: Yes, that's, uh, <laughs> you we'll get to, we'll get to the camel in a minute. Um, now, uh, he was, uh, he's been appointed uh, the hamburger takes over the reins at the men's team apparently because he's from Hamburg, uh, and the former interim coach was Marcus Wies. Um, he just resigned from winning the German men's indoor championship at as Bundesliga coach of the UHC Hamburg, and has then been uh, working at a. Steel Trading Company. Locally, uh, he has also been the assistant coach of several male junior national teams, and was assistant to Michael Berman in the Germans women's team from 2009 to 2012. He won. Uh, uh, of 2011 World Cup in Poland as the women's national indoor team coach and won the Indoor European Championships uh, alongside Stefan Kamas with the men in 2016. He's had a very long history of working with um, UC Hamburg, I believe, 20-something UHC, years. Yeah. UHC, He's been there a long time. Um, the uh, DHB Vice President, Mari-Therese Garnett, said... Uh, Sal Saadi has many years of varied and successful coaching activities. Farsi is the right person for the Tokyo 2020 campaign because he brings the necessary self-confidence and assertiveness. He enjoys both national recognition and international experience and thus fulfills the ideal conditions for successfully pairing the Ahonamas for the Olympic Games. So, uh, well done, first of all.
1: So a lot, a, lot, a lot of indoor experience there.
0: A lot of indoor experience going on there. Um, Went looking to find out a little bit more information about him. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, there's not a lot around, at least not a lot that makes any sense using Google Translate. A lot of it's in German. But I did find uh, a little uh, Q&A sort of thing that he did in the lead up to the 2012 Olympics, um, in London. And it's just a, you know, that's where the nickname Camel comes from because it's listed here as his nickname. Um, and his club is UC, UHC Hamburg, blah, blah, blah. And uh, talks about his hockey no-goes, hockey without passion. Uh, he prefers hockey to other sports because it's fast, dynamic, fair and challenging. Um, his birthday and all those sorts of things. Uh, then it goes on hobbies, hobbies made to work. Otherwise, the usual travelling, reading, cinema. Um, his favourite um, computer game is Max Payne. He has an <laughs> iPhone. Uh his musical taste. Eddie Adopter on the
1: iPhone.
0: Yeah. His uh diverse musical tastes, uh film scores and soundtracks. Um his mood dependent apparently. Uh he takes reads short stories. They ask him a few questions then about going to London, Matt. Oh, his favourite T V shows Scrubs, the Big Bang Theory and Sports. Uh on the, the I can cook scale of one to ten, he rates himself as a two. Um, and his favourite dish to cook is satay skewers. <laughs> his favourite food is Thai, Mexican and Indian. And what's a WG ability? Don't know. Um,
1: uh, his favourite time to get
0: up is after sleeping in. Um, and information about London 2012. This is going back, of course, as I say, uh, when he, he was asked about how well he knew London. He knew London very well. He was then asked what his favourite corner was in London. Uh, how does this list go down of, of favourite corners? Uh, East Dulwich, Hyde Park uh, Dulwich. and downtown. Dulwich. 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 Uh, Hyde Park and downtown. And Ministry of Sound. But he's been in a few corners in the Ministry so. <laughs> At Britain, he likes courtesy of language and traditions. And he finds British food, quote, to sail away, as many British have done. Yes, that's how Australia was founded. We, tried, we were desperate to get away from the boiled vegetables. And went, well, Wes, how far can you go? You can come to Australia. That's how far you can go. Uh, British personalities we'd like to
1: meet.
0: Oh yeah? Jared Butler and Sir Alex Robinson. Gerard, 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 Gerard. Butler, yeah. Jared. Um, well, so, he's a funny enough guy. He's got a bit of a play about him. Um, and he's asked at the end, uh, what his personal wishes are for Olympia 2012. He says, looking back, he could say, that was incredibly cool, and more and more did not work. I'm not sure what... I think that's lost in translation. Then he's asked about the Olympics in Rio 2016, huh? and his answer is, very, very far away. So uh, imagine how far away the Tokyo Olympics are now.
1: Not very far not at very all. Not very
0: far at all. Good luck to him. He's obviously been working hard within the game for a long time, and... Uh, Wish him the best of luck at the Olympics, as we wish all the players, although luck will only end up shining on one team at the end, won't
1: it? It would indeed. Shining bright in your eyes off that shiny gold medal. Um,
0: More wonderful world poetry from
1: Matt Allen on next week's
0: edition of (laughs) The Reverse Stick. What else we got, Matt? We've got, uh,
1: got a few things here. Cookaburras uh, Kookaburra, Kookaburra, and Hockey Ruse squads announced for the next yeah. year. Uh, a couple of changes with the men. Aaron Kleinschmidt, the builder, and Jack Hayes both out. And Kurt Lovett and Nathan Ephraims elevated from the development squad. That's a 27 man squad. And uh, the women's squad announced. Today, a couple of hours ago, um, and I haven't unfortunately looked at who's dropped out, but Laura Barden, Kate Jenner, Gabby Nance, Amy Lawton uh, and Carrie Somerville are all added to the squad. Uh, all except for Barden were members of this year's National Development Squad. That inevitably means that people are dropping out. Uh, Gabby Nance obviously walked away from the game, went and played yeah. in, uh, in the Netherlands, I think. It's been a
0: bit of a call for her to return.
1: Yeah, well there was a bit of upheaval going on at the time with regard to management of the side. and Some, of the, and the fall, yeah, um, some of the fallout from, from that. Um, but good to see her back in the program. Yeah, Amy, Amy Lawton, only 17 years old, in, into the squad there. Uh, so, but commiserations for those that have dropped out. My apologies. As is always the case on these announcements from National Associations. You hear all the good news stories, but you don't see the list of those that have missed out uh, or have been dropped.
0: Always unfortunate. Um, what else have we got? we have got to mention about Hockey Five, so we're going to talk about that. But we've done enough. Of oh, it it it's
1: con- it's continued on on the social it's media on. this week, um, and the, you know, there's there's some genuine heartfelt feelings from people that look. Does it matter how we get a stick into people's hands? Let's just get a stick into people's hands. Um, but as we we talked about last week, there's such. Wider implications with it beyond just recruiting people to play the game.
0: I, I'm just still wondering why we had to come up with a new way to get a stick in people's hands. What, what was is? It's just because of the complete lack of explanation and complete lack of transparency. But be, we're being patted on the head and told everything will be right. Just do what we say. It's very condescending, very patronising. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. Well, we asked the question why? Why five? Why, why is the magic? Number five, and I and I propose, you know, perhaps the thing is because sixes is already a thing in the indoor format, and whoever's bright idea it was to um, bring this fives um, tournament format to the four um, couldn't come out and say. Here's sixes because people just go, well, it's just modified indoor. Whereas if you come up with a totally new format, fives, now bearing in mind fives didn't bloody work in indoor. Well, that's the whole point
0: is that they, they tried it in indoor and everybody rejected it.
1: I think this is for, for one or two people or maybe a committee of three or four in, in a year or two's time to come out and go, it was us. We came up with the fives format. So when it's tried and trusted and there's a world cup happening in it, um, then we might see people put their hand up and say, yes, I was part of the process of bringing this in. And I think it just could be a purely selfish legacy thing.
0: It feels that way. You know? It just, it, it, you just wonder why it's, it's needed when the forms already exist that fulfil exactly those roles. What is the difference in what that one player makes? Well, I, appa- I want to know.
1: But, but apparently in India they're going to be looking at running de- uh, the development camps not just for the 11-a-sides or the national camps for 11-a-sides but also now for, for fives. That's not too far off in the, in the future. Um, so there's going to be a larger impulse for the big nations.
0: Um, I mean, India has shown no, virtually no interest at all in indoor hockey, haven't they? No. None whatsoever. No, no, no. So, why suddenly would hockey fires be so much more appealing?
1: I don't know, mate. No, I don't know. And if you've got the answer out there, please send it. Um, I'd
0: love to know. Maybe there's a, a completely rational and really good explanation for this. And if we were just told, people might just chill out a little bit and, and you yeah. know, oh, might even join the team.
1: Well, part, part but of
0: because we're not being told anything and, and it's just like, oh, you. You do what you're told, to little boys and girls. Part of oh, the argument in one,
1: so one of the conversations between um, Bernardo Fernandez and an F.I.H. employee um, was that, um, hang on, you know, it's just important to get sticks in people's hands. Um, you know, what we, we play beach hockey. It doesn't mean that's threatening the eleven-a-side format, but that's a totally different proposition. And I actually, once I saw that prospect of a beach hockey World Cup, yeah, I, went, yeah, I, went, I went, yeah, went straight down to the coast. Yeah, of course, started, you started practicing. You would have, yeah.
0: You reckon you make the team?
1: I put surfboards around because you need boards. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a good idea. So, yeah, I don't know. Twenty 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 four beach hockey World Cup. I'm when, in for when, it. When
0: you can in- mismanage an entire global sport, why not stop at one? Why, why not?
1: Let's get different formats. Mismanage out all
0: all sorts of yeah. formats.
1: Rooftop hockey, yeah. Rooftop hockey fours. Hockey fours. Well, yeah.
0: I still reckon our ones is a, yeah. is a great idea. I mean, think of the television coverage. How much you'll save on on accommodation?
1: Yeah, single single camera because it would reduce the size of the pitch. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just I don't know.
0: It's depressing. Oh, I'm getting depressed just sitting here thinking. Talk. Let's talk about something else quickly.
1: Uh, let's go to India. Uh, nice article in oh, in I the so much better in the Indian Express. We've got a couple of things to talk about in India. Um, from yeah from from the Indian <laughs> Express. This is an article from our fellow, our friend and fellow push past pundit Mahir Vazavda, Indian Olympic Association uh, went into the meeting room with the Commonwealth Games Federation squabbling on a boycott. Somehow, at the end of it, they ended up expressing interest to host the very event they wanted to snub. Whether it was the CGF officials pulling off some sort of salesman trick or their IOA counterparts shooting from the hip, one can't say. But even as the impasse continues over India's participation in the 2022 Commonwealth Games and beyond... IOA Secretary-General Rajiv Mehta announced they are considering a bid for the 2026 edition. We are willing to host 2026 CWG. We will first take approval from the IOA Executive Board and General Assembly. Then we will approach the government. If they allow, we can host the Games. The declaration surprised CGF President (laughs) Louise Martin and CEO David Grevenberg, who shared the stage with Mehta at a media briefing after the meeting on Thursday. Even IOA President Narendra Batra, sitting next to Meta, looked a little perplexed. No one offered an immediate response to it, with a few other IOA members saying it was Meta's personal opinion. Uh, He did have another personal opinion. He was the one that floated the idea of the boycott in the first place.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel so much better now you've read that out. So, uh, Once inter- again, another situation where politicking and people who are only interested in their own agendas are ruining it for athletes. It's going to be ruined. They're the only ones who will end up losing out of this. All of these guys getting up making grand statements and stuff, they'll find their little jobs in whatever government department or wherever they happen to go. Far away The poor from old athletes will be denied the opportunity to compete at a Commonwealth Games. Fantastic.
1: Well, whilst, whilst we're on, uh, Dr. Batra did have a little squeeze at his,
0: um. Oh, were we talking about Dr. Batra Well, then? I know.
1: I've just finished. Oh, I've just okay. mentioned him then at the, at the end. Uh, photos popped up of, uh, I think it was yesterday. No, maybe the 20th. Um, presenting to Roland Altman's oh. Malaysian head coach in the hockey India office in exactly the same spot. The photographs were taken when the, uh, the signed shirt was handed over to Roland after he'd, uh, um, disappeared from Indian hockey. Um, and it's – I don't know how to <laughs> describe this trophy, uh, this, this, this work look of at art. You.
0: I cannot look at you any longer. It's got a
1: shiny gold base. looks fairly hefty. I doubt it's solid gold, but could be. Um, it says, with gratitude, Dr. Narendra Dravbatra, FIH President, International Hockey Federation, FIH. Uh, maybe Roland's name's on the other side of it. Um, and so mounted upon this um, – this, this gold slab uh, is the FIH logo in uh, it's probably diamond-encrusted diamond sapphires and rubies. I'd, I'd take a guess. It looks as though it's worth about sixty or $70,000. It's uh, glass, I hope. Colored um, glass. <laughs> it's quite an incredible thing. Um, it's bling. I'm um, just wondering why, why Roland's there receiving this from Dr. Batra um, at the Hockey India office.
0: What, what special? What's it's it for, for? again?
1: It's just as with with gratitude in for his, what in in his post he mentioned
0: what's he what's he done there because he's not been there how could he have done something well
1: he hasn't been there for a while um, well, but he got
0: a, remember he got a present before
1: but he got a present and then he went to Pakistan stuffed up their program then he went to Malaysia didn't make didn't make this <laughs> the Olympics maybe uh maybe we're about to see him pop up as the new high performance director at Hockey India John oh wouldn't that just surprise people oh, it wouldn't surprise me. Um. Yeah, let's watch and wait and see what happens there.
0: Well, I'm just what uh, you look at that photo. That's an impressive piece of kit for a little with a pro. Oh, they could have given him a watch or maybe one of those little pennants. You know, like you get a little pennant or a stick pin.
1: Yeah, stick pin. But that thing. Stick pin with a little dangly thing underneath.
0: I tell you what, if, if you got a pro league
1: winners, balls, maybe
0: if you got a pro league winners trophy this year, and oh, you, you saw go, that thing. You'd well, be I, wondering what went on.
1: Finances are obviously fine at the FH if you're handing out those things. Um, <laughs> um, sorry. We've done a Commonwealth game. You're oh, absolutely no, oh, no, right oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, right. I know what I was going to say. Um, no flowers from him this time, though. Oh, really? Yeah, no flowers. That's very disappointing. And whilst we're on flowers, I didn't mention it last week, why did the Sultana brand hockey one women's uh, winners get flowers each you don't and want the, to know my answer and, to that, do and you? And the men and the men didn't get any flowers. Well, my wife pointed out and said, "Aren't they all staying in hotels? It's a waste of time giving them flowers." Well, why why do the women get the flowers and the guys? Maybe don't the, get men get the, flowers? Feel
0: like the guys should get aftershave. <laughs> so, <laughs> so on we, a rope. So that so what? We're talking. <laughs> Oh, look, I think that's about all we've got this week, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's about it, mate.
0: Uh, it must be, because I've started play the outro. Yeah, music. that's
1: fine. Keep keep, uh, keep your eyes on Ice Hockey, the weekly videos. Keep coming out. Fantastic stuff. Halfway point of the English season. Yeah, there, yeah. At the moment, oh, what so. was
0: the other one that started?
1: Uh, and slapchat podcast Bad. is coming back with Tommy Alexander uh, involved with that. First, change that season. First interview. Yeah, change the season. First interview has been confirmed with Lee Morton, fellow Scots international there. So Good. looking forward to hearing Slapchat back on the airwaves after a hiatus of a couple of years. Excellent. Uh, that's it, mate. We will see you all next week for episode 122. Thank you for joining us once again. Don't forget to follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram
0: and
1: Twitter, all at the reverse stick. I'll see you next week. All right.
0: We do that Patreon thing.
1: What Patreon thing?
0: You know, that we put it the, to the Patreon people.
1: Yeah, we did that. Oh, the exclusive content, you mean, John? Yeah. Yeah, that's been posted. Before. They've received the exclusive content before anybody's heard this show. Uh, you know, all you've got to do, John, to get that exclusive content is go to patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick and give a little every month to help us continue our hockey podcast endeavours. And thanks for listening.
0: Yeah. It's obviously worthwhile. It's educational and informative. That's right. And um, it'll make that... your teeth whiter and your breath smell fresher.